BradshawFoundation.com podcasts. In this Bradshaw Foundation podcast, we consider the conservation of rock art. Last year saw the discovery of the oldest known carved figurine sculpture at Hole Fells in southwestern Germany. It is 35,000 years old. The figurine predates the well-known figurines from the Gravettian culture by at least 5,000 years, as shown in our Ice Age Art Sculpture Gallery. Moreover, the date of this sculpture ties in with the oldest cave paintings yet found, those of Chauvet Cave in France. Fortunately, discoveries of ancient rock art are constantly being made around the world, helping our understanding of this cultural heritage. However, much of this heritage is in peril, in peril due to natural hazards and human degradation, sometimes both. Lasco is an often highlighted example of a cave environment that has not been properly controlled. Conservation methods certainly work, as shown in the Bradshaw Foundation's involvement with sites in Africa, Bolivia and Brazil. But economic developments, sanctioned by governments, threaten rock art sites all over the world. So why is rock art worth protecting? Is it practical to hinder development for the sake of preserving a cultural heritage? Having worked with Jean-Claude on the Debus Giraffe Preservation Project in the Sahara, I put these questions to him. Well, conservation is probably the major issue about rock art the world over, for several reasons. First, rock art is the most ancient cultural heritage we have, the most widespread, and it is the longest continuing tradition. Because if we say that it started in Australia about 50,000 years ago, which is quite possible, even if we have no proof right now, it went on until now, right? It's the longest artistic tradition. You think about it, preserved, I mean, because, of course, there have been stories, but even the stories we have, the longest they go is a few thousand years at most. We have no stories of 10,000 years ago. See, we have those paintings in the cave up to 30, 35,000 years ago. And uh, we have nothing else. There is no architecture which is 30, 35,000 years old. There, there is no poetry. There, there is nothing except rock art and, and, of course, portable art, right? What they carved, what they engraved. So, so it is... Uh, a priceless heritage. This being said, the second point is that heritage is no longer renewed. It's finished. Rock art is finished in the world. People don't paint. Uh, there are a few tiny examples here and there. For example, the Dogons in Mali during uh, the, the Bandiagara uh, uh, cliffs. Occasionally, every three or four or five years, they do one or two paintings. See, for a little. It's very important, of course, but worldwide, it's very little. The Australian Aborigines have stopped making paintings. Nowadays, uh, rock paintings, I'm saying. Nowadays, uh, they make bark paintings. They made uh, uh, normal, normal uh, paintings on cloth or whatever because they sell them. And uh, many tribes live 
uh, out uh, of their artist's productions. And of course, it is quite understandable, right? But the tradition of rock painting is gone. It's gone. It stopped in the 60s, early 60s. The, the latest uh, paintings evidence in a traditional way. There may be other examples. Australia is so big, I, you can't, we can't know everything. But the, the only ones which are well known are the ones at Kakadu National Park, which were made by Nayon Balmi in the early 60s, like uh, 1963 or 4. And then he died, and that was it, you see. And um, so we have the oldest cultural tradition of humankind that has stopped all over the world. And it's, I don't think it should be renewed, you see, except, who knows, I mean, there is something happening, I'm sorry, but it shouldn't be renewed for the sake of renewing it. There have been attempts like that in Australia in, in 1987 or 8, something like that. And it, 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 was, uh, it was a catastrophe because young people started painting all over old paintings, you see, but it was, ooh, it was horrible. It was, uh, and uh, it was not linked uh, really to, to the traditions. And I took it over with an old man, an elder, in the Kimberley. And he was devastated. That was in 2008 years ago. And he was devastated. And I said, why did they do it? Did they do it for in the course of the tradition? He said, no. What did they do it for? He said, for money. He said, for money. Because they were paid. They, they got funding from the museum or something. And so this kind of thing, no. You see, you're not going to... I mean, Stonehenge has got to be preserved. You're not going to rebuild Stonehenge, you see what I mean? Or another Stonehenge. Uh, religions, cultures evolve. So rock art, nowadays, rock art is gone uh, as a living culture. And uh, so we've got a big responsibility to protect what's still there. And not just to protect what's still there. In my opinion, what um, uh, what is the most important thing, and I wrote that in a report I, I made to UNESCO some years ago, is the stories. Because it's what goes the most quickly. When I, Analda dies, who knows? That's it. The stories are gone, you see. And many elders die every day. And uh, so... The most important thing about rock court is the stories when they're still there, collecting the stories. And then it's, of course, protecting the art itself, and which means not destroying it. And the, I mean, it's passive protection, if you like. That's it. See to it that it is not destroyed by tourists, by development, by anything. And... There is also active protection. Uh, in some cases, if you see that termites are invading, etc., you've got to kill the termites in order not to have the art destroyed. You see, that's, and that is being done uh, in some parks, national parks all over, all, all over the world. And uh, tourism uh, plays a big role both ways. Uh, more and more, there's cultural tourism. People who are interested in rock art all over the world. And they go to see it, photograph it, fine, right? But 
in the wake of tourism, also you have vandals. People who want to remove a piece, take it home. I mean, or or collect artifacts. Uh, you've seen that in in, in the area. And uh, the archaeology around the site is part of the site itself. If you take it away, you destroy it. And um, also, uh, remove uh, removing uh, the art is terrible because this happens in Morocco, for example. In Morocco, you go to Marrakesh, to the Souk, and you'll see people selling rock art engraved slabs and to, to have a, uh, a nice uh, camel or whatever on a slab this big pr probably they destroyed many more around because they cut it off and uh, and not only Morocco I saw that kind of thing in Namibia I saw it myself and uh, and, and in other places because uh, that's terrible so rock court must be protected in order to protect it the the remedies are always the same. Um, it's uh, education. Uh, that's what I'm giving you that interview. I mean, it's uh, making people aware that it's something. It's a non-renewable uh, commodity in a way. Is non-renewable and uh, because it's not protected, uh, preventing horrible uh, projects. I mean, the, my colleagues have been fighting in Australia and losing the battle against Woodside Petroleum because when you're in fact of big money, you have very little chance of winning. Uh, now there is a project I've been told in uh, in uh, Baja California to make rows down some canyons. Uh, uh, that project is called Mar de Cortes. And all those projects uh, have very good reasons. You see, they say, well, if we, if we have a row down some of the canyons, we bring lots of tourists, and so the people who, who lead a very poor and difficult lives are going to profit by it. And that's probably true, you see. But those canyons have been untouched forever. The paintings were made thousands of years ago, like five, six, seven thousand years ago, uh, in pristine environments. You build, if you have a road there, you, you have a road, so the road is going to destroy the environment. You, you, have, uh, uh, you have electric uh, posts and electric lines, and you have parking lots, and you, and you have shops, and you have filling stations, etc. It's going to be destroyed. It's one of the, and it's on the World Heritage List. It's one of the few uh, places in the world which is, has been untouched forever, for, for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, destroying the landscape is a crime. I mean, as it is a crime to destroy the raw crop. I mean, the two are intertwined. If you, if you destroy the environment, that's it. I mean, the raw crop is no longer valuable. It's, uh, it loses it all. So that's where uh, education and, uh, and also the press and uh, books, etc., TV, whatever, may play a part in making people aware and putting pressure on the government because politicians are always the same. <laughs> They're the same in Mexico as they are in France or England or whatever. And um, 
what they see is that yes, I mean, a road will bring money. You see, it will bring money to bring tourists. The people will live better, etc. So probably the people there, I don't know. I've not talked with them, but uh, they may be in favor of it for all I know. But it will be a big catastrophe for the art. And finally, uh, I, I'm uh, fairly pessimistic, uh, to tell you the truth, because I'm fairly pessimistic because I think it's a losing battle. We've got to fight it. It's like uh, fighting against, uh, uh, against the changing of the climate. We've got to do it. We've got to fight it. Uh, we, we we cannot resign us to the disappearance of all that, but it's still a losing battle. I don't believe for a minute, for example, that we'll win the battle for uh, for the climate. I think it's going to happen. I think our descendants are going to have a tough life, very tough life. And uh, it's the same with raw court. Lots of raw court is going to be destroyed. So we must keep as much as we can. We must tell people what you have here is not just some doodles on some rock. It's very valuable. And even it can be valuable um, economically because it brings tourists. For example, in the Aya of Niger, which you know very well, um, how many thousands and thousands of tourists have come over the past years, you see, and fed the economy. Now they can't go anymore, unfortunately, but uh, to see the rock art. Thousands. So, so uh, that kind of thing is good for the local population, but it's got to be done intelligently, not uh, not done by bringing, let's say, the commodities of our culture, our cars, our roads, our filling stations, uh, because that would be a, a very bad way of doing it. And, and I think it will happen anyhow, because it's the way it is. When you fight against big money, you've got to lose. But that doesn't mean that you've got to stop fighting. To find out more about rock art and cave paintings and the world of our ancestors, visit our website at www.bradshawfoundation.com.